Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, a podcast where you'll gain insights from relationship experts and entrepreneurial couples who have moved through conflict and into a better life. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. Hello, and welcome back to Better Relationships, Better Life. I'm your host, Judy K. Herman. On today's episode, our guest is Chloe Balatori, a relationship and communication expert who helps people change their lives and relationships by balancing their yin and yang energies. Her approach is so well researched, rooted in ancient and Jungian tradition. Let's tune in for a perspective that empowers you to improve your relationships. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Judy Herman, and welcome to the Better Relationships, Better Life podcast. I am so excited about my friend and colleague, Chloe Bellatori. She is an expert in relationships and communication. She is a graduate of Princeton University and the Want Institute. She teaches men, women, and couples how to balance their yin and yang energies through conscious communication. I am all for that, Chloe. I am so glad that you joined me. Thanks for being here. Why don't you tell folks about your yourself and um, and what do you do and how you help? Thank you, Judy. Um, so the tools that I teach are really, like you said, all based on feminine and masculine energy, also known as yin and yang, right? And these are the energies that kind of govern the universe that we live in, right? And we see that echoed throughout philosophy, throughout science. Um, we have the studies done by Roger Sperry on the brain in the 1980s for which he won a Nobel Prize, which definitively proved that we humans have a right side of the brain, which is nonlinear, more spiritual, more artistic, right? Yeah. And a left side of the brain, which is linear and logical, which is more the world of thoughts, okay? And then we like you know, the philosophy of yin and yang is thousands of years old, right? Which also yeah. resonates with that. And then early in the 20th century, we have Carl Jung's work, which is, which he defines consciousness as the balance between feminine and masculine energies, right? We have the concept of the anima and the animus, the anima being the feminine and the animus being the masculine. And what Carl Jung explained is that we're all both, right? Yeah. We're all both feminine and masculine. Yeah. And how to integrate that. And especially when it comes to relationships, I'm very interested in how you, you got to be in this field. And actually, uh, as a relationship expert, do you, do you refer yourself as a, as a relationship coach? Is um, what would be like your title or your your credentials when it comes to working with with couples or individuals about about relationships? So I call myself a relationship and communication expert. Okay. Um, I avoid the words therapy. I avoid the words coach. Um, they hold a lot. They hold a lot of meaning for a lot of people. <laughs> right. The connotations. There's a lot of right. connotations. And for me, you know, even though my mentor, Pat Allen, is traditionally a, a traditional therapist in a sense, uh -huh. um, she's very unusual. Right. Uh -huh. So um, for me, when I was go starting on my journey, um, 
I'd been to a lot of therapy and most therapy is that emotive therapy where you talk a lot about yourself and your feelings and the therapist doesn't say much. And then the session's over. Right. Yeah. And I just wasn't progress. I wasn't seeing progress. It's nice. It's enjoyable in the moment sometimes, right. To be heard and to be seen. We all need these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't seeing changes in my life. And so I kind of and that's what we need. We need a good balance because it is very healing to be heard, to be understood. Mm-hmm. And, but there does need to be movement and change to happen. And transformation is what it's all about. So, so talk, Chloe, about maybe that point in your life. You, I think I heard because I've done some um, already a little bit of research on you and, and listened to some of your teachings. So I know you, and you've got a book out, um, but, but you've had this point of, of there it oh you've got two books out oh my god thank you thank you for for putting those out there how to live and new ways of being okay so the new ways of being is that a newer book then yeah that's the one that i just finished oh congratulations thank you are these how-to books how yeah Um, yeah they're very much um the first book especially is like the basics of my work and Mm -hmm. it's full of tools a little bit about my story um childhood scripting and the basis of the basics of androgynous semantic realignment and then the second book is something that I just don't think is focused on enough which is called new ways of being and the subtitle is the pain of change Mm. Um, because I think one thing that people don't realize and I certainly didn't myself until I went through it is when you make a change even if it's for the better pain is involved right? The brain rewires itself on pain. And there's a great book about that called The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Deutsch. And it's focused on stroke victims, but you really can extrapolate from it and take a lot of, of that wisdom into just, you know, any kind of change that you're making in your life, you know, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be recovering from a stroke. Absolutely. But I think people get a big rush when they first make a change for the good. And then the pain sets in and then they want to stop and not do it anymore. And that's like pulling the arrow out, right? And Mm. what we want to do is push the arrow all the way through because it's way more painful to just keep pulling it out and putting Mm. it back in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very fascinating. So in my book, which is all, it's like uh, part memoir and then also has some psychological wisdom and spiritual insight, but I do use this acronym, which I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to, you're going to experience pain anyway. Pain is inevitable. It's a human thing that you cannot avoid going through life with, but I do use this acronym of breathing fresh air. And then the A being awareness and the I is intentionality, but the R is the risk of growth. So that's what I'm hearing. Like, okay, we can, we can choose, we can choose either the pain of, of this, either the sameness or, mm-hmm. or the, you know, not moving in life, or we can, you know, take the pain of, of going from one level to another and, and growing, yes. and making yes. some people Very miserable, you know, and, and, and owning our own authenticity. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm hearing a little bit from you. As yeah. Well. I mean, I call it, you, you know, pain means one of two things, either that change needs to take place or change is taking place. Mm. And so this book is really meant to help people navigate through that pain of change so that they don't, you know, get cold feet and pull out Yeah, and, and make and, it worse. Yeah. That's interesting. I really want to zone in um, to your journey 
and even your personal journey. I'm going to, I'm a therapist, but I do ask nosy questions. And then I'm getting into what you call relationship authenticity coaching. I don't know. Those are two buzzwords, right? <laughs> but right. I'm taking kind of a dual role here. And because I do have a coaching program that's really remarkable, but I do see so many gaps as far as therapy goes. I, I see that in the mental health system and, and all these systems that we've kind of identified and mm -hmm. some have had good experiences and some not, but I want to go into your life a little bit and what led you to study and, and to be helping people on this level. Good question. Cause I was doing something else for before. Um, but what happened to me is, well, I was an abused child and though I had been in therapy my whole life, like I said, and so had my parents, by the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing really ever changed. Okay. Mm. So I kind of lost faith in that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I think after my, I had my second child, so I was married about 10 years at that point. Um, I started to really hit bottom. I had very severe postpartum syndrome, anxiety, depression, insomnia, um, and I was just really, really unhappy. And I found myself unable to find a way out, unable to make decisions that would fulfill me or help me um, or take me out of my pain. And I didn't even really understand what the source of my pain was necessarily. Let me so, ask, let me ask Chloe, how did that affect your marriage? Well, my marriage, I've always been in love with my husband. My husband is like the guy for me. Mm -hmm. Um but I was finding that I was, and this is in my book, so it's not like a huge secret, but what I was finding is I have certain coping mechanisms, right, from childhood. Mm -hmm. We all develop coping mechanisms from childhood, and those are meant to keep on good terms with the people who own the refrigerator, you know, empower ourselves in a very limited situation. But when we grow up, those methods don't work. One of the things I had traditionally done to make myself feel good about myself is flirt incessantly with men okay mm -hmm. just get the largest number of men to like me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I found after 10 years of marriage I was kind of slipping into that again mm -hmm. and I was like pushing it a lot you know where I was flirting a lot I mean you're a therapist you know once you get married the flirtation doesn't end <laughs> <laughs> that's just a whole new world of married flirting so um you know my husband knew and he noticed, we talked about it, but um, I found myself doing things that I didn't really feel good about and that didn't really seem consistent with what I wanted, but mm -hmm. I didn't understand why I was doing those things and also wasn't bringing me happiness and nothing was really bringing me happiness. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a huge change in my neighbor um, over about a three-year period. And so I asked her, "What what's happening here? Like, and she, and I mean, she went from being a single mom that she was a teen mom. She was struggling financially all the time. I've known her. I've lived in the same place for 20 years. So, and so has she. And so I was like, all of a sudden she was like getting married to the most gorgeous, kindest Italian man. She, her career went through the roof. She started making a million dollars a year. This was somebody who couldn't pay $800 rent. Okay. Wow. So, um, I was like, I want, I want some of that. I want that. And she was like, well, I'm starting this group, this women's group with Dr. Pat Allen. Why don't you come? And I was hesitant because of my prior experiences with therapy. She's like, it's not like normal therapy, just come. Yeah. 
I didn't even know what I was going to ask or what I was going to talk about because my malaise was felt very generalized. Um, and I went and the, the first night I got in the chair and Dr. Pat nailed, she nailed me in five minutes. Her well, let, let me hold this because I think there's, there's a lot packed in your story, even with this, Chloe, because um, what's re what really stands out to me, that obviously was a turning point for you, mm -hmm. that your neighbor was already on this journey, which this neighbor, like, and you noticed, right? Mm -hmm. You noticed. And then look at this impact right now. You've got two books out and you're, you've got these clients you're working with, you're on podcasts and other things, and you're making a difference and your life has changed, right? That's like huge. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the point I wanted to make is when you work on your own stuff, because this neighbor had such an impact on you, what an impact you have on other people. Like when you let go of trying to fix your spouse, you let go of trying to fix your kid, or, or anybody else that's close to you in your life, mm -hmm. and you start investing in your own life and, and living well and growing, you don't know who you're impacting, right? Your own neighbor that might be the right. Yeah, and it's so, I think know, that's amazing. That's like really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, it's so, it, and it's, you know, it's so profound, really, what you're saying, because, you know, in general, people spend a ton of time trying to control other people mm -hmm. and very little time working on their own self-mastery. Yeah. Right? So that's part of my work is really redirecting people. Yeah. Okay. They have every right to do what they're going to do, but what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so I do, I'm all about raising that level of awareness because whatever mess is going on, in the relationship is, is being co-created. And so raising one's level of awareness. So here's my next question for you. With the impact that you are making in people's lives and the change that you have gone through, and yeah, your husband's a great guy and all that, but you know, he had to have some kind of change in his life, I would imagine, because you had this dance going on if you're flirting with other guys, but there's some kind of dance going on in that marriage mm -hmm. that had, you know, it's not just you. In other words, I like to tell people, you know what, it's not just you. <laughs> yes, it's, it is very dysfunctional, maladaptive to take yeah. your, your, you know, patterns that you absolutely needed as children in order to survive your childhood. You survived your childhood. You needed that because you were helpless and, and, and you were vulnerable and did not have power, but it, they are so maladaptive and they actually do harm to your in oh, your adult relationships sick. so uh, and i talk a lot i use the analogy of dance and the space in between so I tell us tell uh because people are wondering <laughs> i'm wondering um how did that change with your growth because it wasn't just you how did that change the marriage right well you know you do your work and you hope to god they do theirs yeah like, there you go <laughs> so many that you do your work and then they don't do theirs right that happens but you yes. need to have that information because the worst thing that you can be is unteachable so if the person isn't mm. really willing to change and isn't open to new ways of being people who are willing to change and people who are unwilling to it change. still takes two to be married doesn't it it definitely does and mm -hmm. so i i had to go through a moment which lasted a little while <laughs> of thinking he may not you know, mm -hmm. it's possible he may not rise to the occasion and mm -hmm. then I'll be alone. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but I made that commitment to myself that even if he can't do his work, I'm going to do my work and I'm going to do, I'm going to stand by myself. That means I'm going to cherish my own feelings. I'm going to respect my own thoughts and I'm going to take actions based on that come hell or high water. Right. And yeah. that's the winning statement is being willing to do what's right mm -hmm. when you don't know the outcome. Going back to the pain that you feel, uh, you can either feel the pain doing the right thing or, or feel the pain of not doing the right thing. Exactly. But <laughs> I would imagine you standing up for yourself and that took a whole lot of courage, right? And especially if you've been it groomed did. a certain way or, you know, going through certain things. But, um, but you do, it's kind of what Brene Brown talks about when she's talking about in studied, you know, vulnerability and has packaged it so well for the rest of us in all of her New York Times bestselling books. and right, talks. Right. She's good So at that. it's the same thing, isn't it? It's choosing to live, um, to grow and honor yourself, but it does change that relationship dance yes and that's part of this work is, is learning to put yourself first and what that means yeah but now so tell me about your husband I mean how when did he get on board and how I mean obviously I'm assuming you have a great marriage you have yeah we do I mean now I've been married 20 years of course uh -huh. we've had our moments um you have a before this and an after this right you got yes so yes. and there are I will tell you this I mean I think it's so important for people to know there's stages in marriage, right? And there's there's levels of um, challenges, maybe more so in certain stages than others. I think raising kids, raising teenagers, especially when you're in that stage of life in your in your marriage, like that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, how in the world is that going? Because my I'm husband and I are always looking at each other, going, "Parenting, parenting." You know, it's very important to us. He was heavily neglected as a child. He basically raised himself and I was an abused child. So both of us are really invested in not carrying through those patterns mm. and in teaching our children the things that we weren't taught and caring for our children, you know, with these tools. I mean, it's like, it's like you're changing your family tree, right? Oh, exactly. Totally. We've yeah. probably centuries of patterning. Yeah. We're not talking about just your family of origin, his family, uh -huh. but we're talking, yeah, generations past. A lot of people don't understand how we, I mean, they, you know, they, they have problems in their marriage and their relationship and they think, well, is it me? Is it me? No, it's a whole lot bigger than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really mean, I that, that sh doesn't, that should, you're right. You're absolutely right. That shouldn't be underestimated when people do make these changes and, and do my program and start using these tools. You are probably breaking centuries of ancestral negative scripting. Yeah. You know, it's centuries, like a big not just deal. families, not just family of origins, but also culture. Also culture and, you know, you know politics, everything are not easy to break. Yeah. You know, if you've read Alice Miller, you know, the repetition compulsion is mm. the strongest compulsion that we have as humans. Mm -hmm. So we are literally doomed to repeat everything that we mm. don't bring a ton of awareness to. That's and you true. can bring some awareness to things and still not fully get it. Right. So it's, it's always like peeling the layers of an onion. Um, and so I explain this to people a lot because you know, people are very loyal to their training and this loyalty will supersede love when there's no awareness to it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, isn't there, is, is it statistics like 95% of the things we think about are actually thoughts from five years old or before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you know Robert Sapolsky's work and his book, um, Behave? 
I'm going to be writing notes down and watch this again, simply because there's a lot of books you're exposing me to right now. I've read the books I've read, but you're exposing me to some new ones and so, or different ones of thinking. So Good. this is great. This is great, Chloe. Keep going, girl. <laughs> well, that's what he, that's what, that's what his most recent book. I mean, he has a great book called um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And it's all about like the stress response. And then his second book, um, that came out just a few years ago is called behave and it's all about like you think you have free will but actually here's all the factors that are going into your decision making yeah so it really refers to what you just said yeah yeah and i think just yeah getting out of our boxes um having various experiences i think are so very helpful and even traveling you know internationally and i know COVID has kept us all like in our homes and all of that stuff but um we do. It's like it's, it's this lifelong journey in our lives, isn't it, to increase our awareness. So there's things that you and I, you know, we don't even know what we're not aware of <laughs> until right. maybe another stage of life. Or You're blind to your own blindness. Yeah. I know. And and for me, I don't know if it was for you, but I think for most women that have, have had babies, like becoming a mother is like, is like, whoa, I didn't know I could love so much. You know, you where, where, where did all this love come from? I And it just really opened. I think that does, that happens with your roles in life. I am in the stage of life where I've got these beautiful, wonderful five grandchildren. And it's like, that's heaven. This is Nirvana here. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Being a grandparent is so nice. It is. It's, it's beautiful. And, um, but, but there's so many things now that I know at this stage of life that I'm at that I, it would be impossible developmentally to even have a clue about and yet see we have these aha moments and then we judge ourselves so very harshly don't we we have this committee in our head we judge ourselves and why didn't we this or that but having grace for oneself you know in your journey that you've been through I think is so very important yeah it's that self-compassion absolutely absolutely and the more self-compassion we can have for ourselves then the more that it can be um given to others without feeling like we're being depleted right absolutely. And, um, absolutely that's that's why you know nobody can do the personal work other than you and doing you as a full-time job right it is. <laughs> it is. hello this is judy k herman if you're enjoying this podcast and are wondering how you can use what you've learned in your own relationship you can go to my website judycounselor.com and take my relationship stress quiz to see if you can identify stress points in your relationship that you may be able to address with what we've learned from this great interview. I would love to support you. You've heard what my guests have to say. Now it's time for you to take action. Visit judycounselor.com today. Let's stay in touch. Compassion is a very important piece. It is. And yeah, don't, it's important as you're going through your life and your changes, I mean, easier said than done is to not, you know, not to shit on yourself for the mistakes you made in the past. You yeah. know, this is, yeah. this is how we learn as humans. We have to make mistakes. We have to make a ton of mistakes to learn. And that so, is a human journey, isn't it? I mean, if we didn't make the mistakes, we wouldn't learn, right? And if we didn't have regrets, we couldn't pull out even life lessons from it. We don't want to live in that regret, but we want to we want to be free and have this wisdom and insight and um, and honoring ourselves and honoring the other right. person. And that's the balance. And that is again exactly what I work with is the mm. balance between those two energies, right? The ability to take action and then also the ability to surrender. 
Let me ask you, because I know uh, from the from um, what I've watched of you and your teaching and you really do help um, help people in, like finding the love of their life and that kind of thing. How does how does the um, your framework and helping others, how does it affect parenting, let's say? Um, you know, your relationship with your kids and, and all of that. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's so good. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because while I do focus a ton on relationships, that's mainly because that's what people want, mm -hmm. but this work travels through work situations, through parenting, through friendships. Um, so with parenting, you know, sometimes it's interesting because sometimes I'll meet resistance from some of my clients because they just want to tell their kids something <laughs> and not hear what their kids have to say, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the, the demagogy that a lot of us have been raised with. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Listen to what I say, do the right thing or blah, right? Blah, right? right. And, and they're not really like even, they're trying to fix their kid you know, rather than really hearing that they're, they're a separate human being than you are, right? Right. And children by nature, by the setup of our society are like immigrants in their, in, in our homes, mm, right? Mm. So they're always in this kind of outsider zone. And so there's certain things that you can let children control mm. just to give them that sense of autonomy so that they don't feel like, you know, they're just a victim of circumstance. Um, so we try what, what the a whole idea is behind all this work is making I statements yes. and inquiring about what the other person has to say, right? Yes. This is negotiating with love. And then if there is a disagreement, you let the person know of the prize and the price tag. So I'd I, say I uh, by the way, I think that's a great Thing that I, I heard some of that. I thought, wow, the price and the price tag, that's like cool. I'm going yeah. to hang on to that one. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's key. That price and the price tag thing. And everything we do in life has a price and a price tag, really. I mean, uh -huh. you know, so I'm just going to be articulating that for my child, essentially. Yeah. Um, so again, it's not about controlling them. It's more about expressing things so that they can make the decision that's aligned with what they want. So I'll give you an example from my own life. Yesterday, my son is supposed to fold the laundry. Okay. That's his chore. He doesn't want to do it. He puts up a lot of fight. It's, you know, a big drag. And who wants to force a kid to do it? Yeah. So yesterday I said, okay, fine. Don't fold the laundry. I'm not going to be folding your clothes then. And he said, fine. So I just left them in a pile and he just scooped them up and that was it. <laughs> Problem solved, right? Problem he, can solved. Find, he can find his socks and underwear in the midst of all of that. Right. Now, <laughs> right. And of course, going down the road this morning, he had a problem with his clothes, right? He couldn't find stuff. Things he thought were clean weren't clean. So he's already suffering the price tag of that behavior. And so the idea is that he will come to that realization that, oh, maybe disengaging with the laundry isn't like the best, my best move. <laughs> You know. Yeah, they've got to feel it themselves, don't yeah. they? And you're yeah. really doing your child a wonderful favor by really put, I say, put the monkey on their back, so to speak. Like the more you and get- future wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, wow, this is really good. Very good. But you, so um, I, I know, is there, let me ask you this. What would you say to folks that are listening um, maybe if there's one piece of, um, one thing that they could be pondering or thinking about, or even doing, 
that could really help them in their messy relationships. Okay, this is, this is my, my main rubric. One of my main things. You only know how much you love yourself or anyone else by the commitments you're willing to make and keep. Okay. Mm, yeah. Say that so, again. That's worthy of saying again. Say yeah. that one more time. You only know how much you love yourself or anyone else by the commitments you're willing to make and keep. Mm. And when you run all your relationships through that rubric, life gets a lot easier. Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that. So, but even the work that's done doesn't guarantee peace and flow, right? Mm -mm. We have, we have, we do the work. Um, we raise our level of awareness. We take those risks of growth and stuff comes because life happens, right? <laughs> right. And that's the nature, like I said, of this planet. We got pain and we got pleasure. Every catastrophe has a silver lining. Every success has, you know, a negative side too. Yeah. So that's just what we have here. A lot of times I'll get people who are like, why does it have to be that way? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why there's day and night. I don't know why there's a sperm in the egg, but I know that creates a magnetic vortex in which life is born. Yeah. You that's know? really, that's good. Yeah. And then too, I get a lot of, well, why do I have to do all the work? Why doesn't, why doesn't my spouse do? Well, to that, I will say women mostly or feminine energy people carry that right brain spiritual energy of the relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so in my experience women often have to lead on this kind of psychological spiritual work okay mm -hmm. let's just hope he caught he follows the lead when i have a woman i know i can fix the family usually mm. you know like sometimes i work with couples but sometimes i just work with only the woman Mm -hmm. If I have the man, usually I'm just working on the man. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily have the ambition that I will fix the, his whole family. And again, fix, I'm guiding him to do it or her yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah, to make but, an impact, right? Right. But uh -huh. to make a really big impact, usually it's the women. You know, that is really neat. I think that's really neat because women do hold power in ways that they don't even realize that they do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've had the privilege, you know, to learn from my mentor, Pat Allen, like at her feet. And she's the one who wow. created androgynous semantic realignment. And I've spent time with her and to see her out in the world doing these tools is like next level. It is so inspiring. Wow. You know, yeah. I've been in a Kinko's with her where there's like, you know, self, everything's self-serve in there, basically. Uh-huh. And she's doing the tools so great that she's got the guys working there, running around, helping her with the self-serve, which is like, <laughs> she's 80 years old. Like, how are you doing this? Like, she's, you know what I mean? Like, she's manipulating them into it, which is okay because she's respectful doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, um, yeah, the, I guess we, manipulation kind of gets a bad rap, doesn't it? It does. But, um, but really, even newborn babies, when they're first born, I mean, they cry and they, they do manipulate us because we need to feed them because it's right. part of survival. Right. So, and I mean, it's what I say is it's okay for women or feminine energy people to manipulate masculine energy people as long as they do it with respect. And it's okay for masculine energy people or men to control feminine energy people or, or women 
as long as they cherish their feelings. Mm, mm. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Thank you so much, Chloe. You, I, I've just so. really enjoyed learning from you and having this conversation because there's so many things that you've studied and these folks that uh, I'm, I'm not as familiar with or, you know, with, with all of these energies, of course, it's just, it makes so much sense. And this layer of understanding can be so very helpful. So I'm, helpful. And I'm all about results. So. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because we are very pragmatic people, aren't we? We mm -hmm. need to, we need to have, we need to see change. Yeah. We need to see change for sure. And to live in alignment. So, um, so what does the future hold for you at this point? You've got your second book written and it's out there in the world and you're yep. making a difference. So, so what does the future hold? Um, so as you mentioned at the beginning, I see men, I see women, I see couples. I also see families. I also just started a teen group to help teens with their dating and their relationship stuff because teens are really lost, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I led into this really from helping my own kids. Um, and then on top of that, I just, I'm offering a package for the first time so that people can kind of learn about this work and get a chance to know me and to also learn from each other. As I said at the beginning, I started in a group and I believe very much in groups. And that's a little bit more of an economical way to get into my work. Yeah. So if people want to check out that, I also do weekly audio only events on the Quilt app. Um, I'm not familiar with the quilt app. I've got to get okay. myself familiar with the quilt yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. That. It's a wellness-focused app. You should get on there. I think I will. Like yeah, it. I'm going to check into it. And by the way, all of these resources that have been mentioned today, just for, for listeners, is in the show notes. So you'll be oh, able good. to get these resources. Okay. And, and that's good. Because you've exposed me to a lot of things that I didn't know about, Chloe. Then that's really cool. So, so where can our <laughs> listeners, oh, can't speak well, what, where can our listeners learn more about you? And if they want to, you know, just uh, learn from you, get, get into some of these apps and, and hear you and yeah. So where do they find you? I'm also on IG. I put a lot of collateral on Instagram. So okay. that's um, at Chloe's underscore consciousness underscore training. That's okay. the, my program that I teach. Okay. And then my website, chloesconsciousnesstraining.squarespace.com. And right. both of those, you can reach out to me. I'm, I'm really responsive. One of the things that I do offer with my work that is based in, that is baked into the price is that I'm pretty much available for my clients 24 seven. So, oh, I mean, to you. the best of my ability. Yeah. So if you're having a crisis, you get to reach. If you're my client, you get to reach out. We get to troubleshoot it in the moment. Everything's not an hour appointment. So it's like, you know, I have a, one of my regular clients, she reaches out to me like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, you know, just so that she can get through the challenges in her day. Because what happens if we don't do it that way is that things start to build up. And, and you know, that's a beautiful model too, that it does deviate from, yeah, the hour long, um, you know, counseling session, so to speak. Yes. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Chloe. It's been a delight to, to know your work and to talk with you and to provide such value. Thank you so much. You keep up the great work you're doing. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
I was so inspired by Chloe's wisdom and insights. She gives us such powerful and practical ways our feminine and masculine energies affect our relationships. Now, you don't want to miss our next episode. Get ready to laugh as I interview Matt and Linda Lutz about their fun-loving secrets for a vibrantly long-lasting marriage. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review in the streaming app of your choice. See you next time.